Welcome to the latest episode of Security All In. This is Sam Curry. On Security All In, we try to figure out when people go all in on security or maybe security goes all in on them. As much as possible, we try to factor in poker, although I don't think I've been quite as successful at doing that over the years, or even talk about risk management, what have you. But we really try to go into what makes people tick and uh, see their perspective on security or what's unique about it. And I'm joined today by my good friend and colleague, uh, Guy Golan. Guy is the group CEO for Performanta. Guy, welcome. Good to have you here. Hey, Sam. Good to be on the show. Thank you for inviting me. My pleasure. But uh, for those who, who might not know, what is Performanta and uh, what is it that you do for and with your customers? Uh, Performanta is a cybersecurity company. Uh, well, no surprises there, I guess. Yeah. The important part is, is uh, our journey, uh, as we call ourselves, uh, those that take you on a journey from aware to secure to safe, providing cyber safety rather than cyber security. And with that in mind is how you can provide intelligent services to your clients at affordable, uh, costing, quite quick response in order to ensure that those guys that are knocking on your door, um, when they plan their next steps, you will be probably uh, following or tracing their footsteps and knowing how to defend your environment. So that world between the external, the contextual um, offensive world to the level of defense, which are the controls, how to make those two worlds time as, as much aligned as possibly can. And we do it through our unique managed services. And by the way, through our partnership with Cyber Reason, that adds quite a tremendous value to us. I always like to hear that. We first met, in fact, at a wonderful dinner in London, but uh, that's not your home. You have lived in, in many places. You're, you currently live in South Africa, right? I lived in South Africa until recently. I'm now in the UK. Uh, well, COVID or not, that's my, my home right now. But I've lived in South Africa for 15 years. Uh, I made it my home. My family was pretty much formed there. And before that, with my crooked very incomplete level of accent, you will figure it out and probably <laughs> part of the, of the Israeli clan. Ah, yes. I think it was a giveaway, I, but <laughs> how did you wind up in South Africa first? How did you go from Israel and when did you go from Israel to South Africa? And then, uh, you know, uh, any other places you've lived that, that listeners might be interested in? In short, I followed the smell of steaks. That's why I got to South Africa. But, uh, in, in the more in the more uh, uh, elaborated way, when I was in Israel, my last work uh, was in aviation industry, and I was in charge of uh, the African continent. And uh, I felt that uh, my my romance with the aviation has come to an end, and I was looking for something else to do in my life. Funny enough, a bit of a, of a close of a circle from uh, my military days when I was in intelligence services. And uh, someone, one of my agents in Africa offered me a, a job in Africa. But before getting to South Africa, we made uh, my wife, uh, myself and, and my little boy made a small pit stop for a year and a bit in Angola, post mm. the, uh, the Civil War, which was quite an interesting and intriguing life to be there, um, you know, experiencing third world country, even if you live in, in the capital, with electricity is not a given, water is not a given, some noise from, uh, from the civil war, uh, currency insta- unstable, food is not necessarily a given. It was quite an interesting chapter in our lives. 
And then unfortunately, uh, some medical, medical conditions prohibited us from staying in, in this third world country. So I looked for the next chapter in life and, and another agent of mine suggested maybe I should get back into the IT industry. It was a long forgotten thing for me to be in, in intelligence. Uh, so I got involved with an IT company and uh, I gravitated automatically into the cyber world or at that time, probably information security would be a more appropriate definition. Mm-hmm. And the rest is history. I relocated to the to South Africa and formed uh, an information security company. How long were you in Luanda then in Angola? And how long were you there? Yes. I was there for a year and a half in Luanda. Uh, funny enough, with all my, uh, my things I've done, I was uh, in charge of a massive project. So we signed a kibbutz a project to uh, wow. rehabilitate soldiers that have being you know part of the civil war and now they've got they've got no jobs they're now soldiers and they're civilians so uh, we signed a, a massive deal 200 million dollar rehabilitation of uh, 12 kibbutzes around uh, around angola definitely outside of, of luanda i was running all across those uh, those sites the first site was in, in a, a place called wakukungu in the mm-hmm. area of sela which was it was fu- such a beautiful place, uh, inundated with water that we had to clear because the area was so fertile. And the South African at that time bombed the the dam and created a, a flooded area that eventually we had to clear out so we can grow the kibbutz there from whatever it means, whether it is crops and uh, animals, uh, milk, and so on. So uh, it was it was quite an exciting period and an interesting period of, in my time. That's amazing. And I think Portuguese is the main language in Luanda, is it not? I could be mistaken on that. Is that right? Si, senor. And do you speak Portuguese as well? I know you speak Hebrew and English. Is Portuguese on the list or are there other languages? I do speak Portuguese, uh, probably rustier today than before, but uh, definitely uh, half an hour around Brazilians or or Portuguese or Angolans and, and my Portuguese will come back to life. And you mentioned aviation, that you had a, a passion for it. I wasn't aware of that. Was, it, was that part of your career or was it a hobby? No, aviation was, uh, so I'm probably more of a businessman than, so that's my passion, engagement with people and, and driving processes with people. Uh, mm-hmm. Aviation came to me after my chapter in comic books. And if we want to talk about it later, we can. But uh, I looked for something more established than uh, doing the, the keto stuff that, uh, that I've done until uh, the age of 26. And, um, and I was suggested that they were looking for cadets, uh, the aviation industry or Israel aerospace industries were looking for cadets for sales in different territories. I thought it's a good idea to apply. I was accepted. We were 18 of us that started and every one of us eventually was assigned to different divisions in Israel aerospace industry, some to satellite, some to military and I was assigned to the BEDEC, uh, BEDEC group, which is MRO, Maintenance Repair and Overall for Airbus and Boeing aircraft. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I shadowed someone in Latin America for a period of a year, and then I was given the role uh, to take the leadership in Africa. So I've seen a bit of the world, quite a bit of the world, thanks to the aviation industry. And I was more on the maintenance side, so it was quite exciting to see uh, why aircraft do stay up in the air and uh, when it's time for you to say I'm deboarding myself, uh, <laughs> even, tell you, even though you tell me that the flight is good. My wife is terrified of flying. And every time we get on an airplane, she says, this thing should not be able to go in the air. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't matter how many times 
I then do the typical engineer thing of trying to explain, you know, lift and what have you. She just doesn't get it. And then we got in a helicopter once and she loved it. And I'm like, this makes sense to you, but the airplane didn't. (laughs) (laughs) So you you touched on two other things. And I'll I'll pick on, I think, the simpler one first. Uh, You said sales. What exactly were you doing in sales? Was it selling aviation services? Was it selling planes? Was it something completely different? What was sales for you? Yes, since we are in, a, we are having a conversation about cyber. So that's a, that's more of a post-sales support in the sense of selling. So not selling the aircraft itself. So normally organizations, the the large ones, if whether it is South African Airways or Kenya Airways or Ethiopian Airlines, close a deal between prime ministers and uh, and presidents of either France, the UK, or the United States. Yeah, they're big big prices. Yeah, it's a very political decision making. So what is lacking is how to support those uh, aircraft, both from fuselage, the body of the aircraft, and any engines that they've got, two or four of them, and obviously any type of uh, equipment inside, avionics and, and so on. So the idea was to give an ongoing support. By the way, that's where a lot of our method is, uh, is performance for managed services came from to give ongoing support at a flat rate while guaranteeing a continuous improvement. Uh, And in aviation, it's much easier because you've got uh, regulations that are quite strict about what you have to do and not what is recommended for you to do only. And that was was great because uh, you have a captive market. You just need to ensure that your quality is better than the others and obviously affordability of price. And because aviation is a lot of good time, uh, you know, it's called the silver hair industry, people that have been there, have been around the block for quite, quite many years, mm-hmm. you need to wine and dine them very well as well. Which might explain why we met over dinner. I will bring this to cyber in a moment, <laughs> but I have to unpack one more thing, which is comic books. That rang out in what you said. What is your background with comic books? Personally, I know you had a startup in there, but give me more on, on your feel, your passion for comics. So my comic book passion started actually later, more in, in my student days in university rather than earlier in the game. And I, I automatically gravitate, gravitated to the more hardcore comics, so not the DC or Marvel or mm-hmm. to the edge of Dark Horse. So not, you know, those Marvel comic heroes, Spider-Man and uh, Avengers or uh, Justice League or Superman. Those I found them to be quite boring. I looked at more of uh, those that are hardcore. I gravitated towards those that, that provide some really good, insightful stories. And um, my first one that I read was uh, Neil Gaiman's uh, book called, uh, or uh, it's not a book, it's called Sandman. Yeah. Uh, I think there was an attempt to create a movie, but it wasn't very, very successful. I think they're going to do a, um, an audio book of it. And the, the, uh, Neil Gaiman's ah. been advertising that recently. But yes, continue. Yeah, so I was I was very uh, I read it and I became a big fan of Neil Gaiman. I was very lucky to meet him face to face and spend some time with him later on in my in my career. But um, I liked his story. I liked Frank Miller's Sin City or all the violent stuff. Don't ask me why. Uh, <laughs> I'm probably one of the, of the more uh, not violent people, but I enjoy that. I did gravitate toward the, the English translated manga like uh, Ghost in the Shell. Mm. And I really enjoyed it. It, it, it my extreme. I, I even uh, managed to uh, read The Hobbit uh, and, uh, and the Bible in comic book form. So it was, it was quite really? interesting for me. Yeah, it was, it was really interesting. I really enjoyed that. 
I'm a Neil Gaiman fan. There was some of his earlier work that I wasn't in love with just thematically, but some of his, some of his other, other stuff, in particular recently, the Book of Nod and the Graveyard Book, they're, they're almost, they're very short, but he almost paints a picture that's in between graphic novel and the, his longer form stuff. But uh, yeah, I won't go down that path too far. But you also brought that into your business, didn't you? Didn't you, you had a startup in the comic book space, I think. And, yep. and when was that in your career path? Was it before or after selling uh, post-purchase post, post, post aviation stuff and Performanta? Where did that fall? That was way before that. We were students, and my friend and I, and a good, my best friend, and we decided that uh, you know I enjoy I enjoy comic books, and we needed some money, so we said, uh, "Can we make a hobby, uh, you know, profession?" Well, let's try and see. So uh, we took our a little bit of money that we had both of us, and we reached out to the American distribution company called Diamond Comics. Uh, they, they are the largest distributor of comic books in the world. Reached out. We were quite amazed that we got some big discounts, and they were excited of bringing comic books to Israel. And I remember we placed the order to bring the first container, a twenty-foot container, to Israel. We got it. My grandfather had a small shop somewhere in a very <laughs> non-important place in Israel, but we took that shop. We placed those ten thousand titles in, and um, just like those that are in the Turkish bazaar, waiting for the guests to come in and and take something from them and buy something. That's exactly how our behavior was. We waited outside, waiting for people to come in, and no one came in. It was a failure of note. It was so bad. And oh. uh, just like what, we, like what we've studied in university, we said, well, let's understand what we're doing wrong. And if we are normal people, we be believe that in comic books we are quite normal, so let's understand what we enjoy. So we enjoy comic books. We enjoy reading some magazines. We enjoy uh, the computers. So eventually we found um, at that time, you know, very early in, in 20 years ago plus, we found a small uh, online magazine uh, that was, was there and we, we took our last bit of money and we published. And just like in mushrooming, within a week we had over 5,000 customers and that was the beginning of our company called uh, Comics World. So uh, it, it became a one-on-one -on -one marketing type of tool or, or telephonic type of uh, selling. So there was no shop anymore. It was only done by a phone. My friend had to build a, a software that was based on magic uh, to make it like a CRM system uh, where we uh, onboarded our, our titles and so, uh, sent them out to our customers. It was a great uh, three years of, of adventure in our lives. Magic. There's a word I haven't heard in ages. When I was at Network Associates, I, I thought for a minute, you can't mean actual spellcraft. So yeah, Magic Solutions. It was a it was a Network Associates McAfee business unit. Is that who you meant? Yes, uh, ma Magic. The Magic software. You know, yeah. based on on. Uh, yeah, these are the ones I I meant. I was the uh, chief security architect for uh, Network Associates back in those days, so that was one of my one of my stomping grounds. But I haven't thought of Magic Solutions in like twenty years. That's amazing. <laughs> Crazy, right? Yeah, I'm sure there's a way to tie your lessons learned there into Fulfermenta, but I'm not going to go down that path just yet. And later, towards the end of our conversation, I'm probably going to ask you if you have uh, any recommendations for those that aren't necessarily comic geeks, but want something to sink their teeth into in the security world or something they, that, that you think a security person would like, whether it's related or just escapism, I don't care. But for now, let's bring cyber into the story. How did, how did that happen for you? I know you were doing counterintelligence. I know you were doing military things, but that doesn't, that doesn't do it by itself. When did you get the cyber bug, if you did? When did that happen in your career? 
So the cyberbug started in the army. It was quite enjoyable. It was obviously more on the analog and, and slightly digital than, than the terms of cyber today. I did enjoy it because it was mind games more than, than technical games. Uh, the, the beauty of cyber world is that or those that really strive to understand the cyber world, you talk about people more than, than systems. Systems are a reflection of what people do or not do to them. And, and that I found to be fascinating. I always found people to be fascinating. So from my perspective, if the enemy in, in, in the army, you mark the enemy is an enemy. They are not trying to befriend an enemy unless you have an agenda that uh, you try to deceive uh, the enemy to become your friend for a moment. That to me was dealing with the people on the other side, trying to understand their modus operandi, trying to understand how they action things so you can have the best interest of your side, your army, to overcome any of the obstacles or threats that these are uh, you know, positioning towards you in your career. So for me, I got the bug by, by getting those cases and analyzing those cases and creating a counter cases of ensuring that our troops are always safe in whatever they do. I found it to be, that's, that's when I, the bug hit me. And uh, unfortunately, the bug left me when, when I'm just like every good Israeli Jewish mother would tell you, go and become a lawyer, go become a doctor, go become a, you know, a, an accountant. So I went to become an accountant and I hated every single moment of my life. <laughs> They don't say go sell comic books uh, by phone. Yeah, no, that's not a thing. Yeah. Uh, probably a rebellious type of action that I've done in hindsight, but I'm not too sure. <laughs> but yeah, I forgot about it for until until I got to, to South Africa, funny enough. And, and that's when uh, that bug that was dormant in my body just came to life again. And now you hated accounting, but I get the suspicion you kind of like math. Is that yeah. right? And I heard that in your voice there. The, um, oh, yeah. So I think one of the first conversations we had was about crypto. Correct. What, what wasn't right for you in accounting? Because some people are like, man, that is my place. And every time I hear somebody going to accounting, I'm thinking like you're either in your best place or your worst right now. There's no middle ground. I think you have a love affair with math, but accounting didn't work. Well, what happened there? I think if I have to really highlight where, where it went wrong is that accounting has too many rules that the, the wiggle or the area for creativity is so limited you still can be very creative. So great accountants are very creative in tax reduction and so, so on and so forth. But it is so regulated and so structured that the level of creativity is so confined that I could not really enjoy it. And more than that, maths deals with the way that the world goes in the ultimate language. Uh, that's maths for me, the ultimate language. Accounting is using numbers. It's almost like you could change the numbers with letters and you can change them with colors and you can change them with shapes and really nothing will change that much. So it's not really maths. It's, uh, it's the, the language of accounting is numbers, but it's not mathematics. That makes complete sense. I, we've no doubt just really upset someone who's listening. So my apologies. I don't have anything against accountants. Yeah, th th there is some passion there, and, and my background in physics and also in, in crypto, I certainly shared that. The, the, it's always fascinating to see how the world can be described mathematically. Uh, one of the best descriptions I saw was Harari and Sapiens. He, right at the beginning, he talks about uh, levels of abstraction in the universe. He goes from math and how why the second law of thermodynamics breaks down locally to make more fragile systems, but we would think more interesting systems perhaps. But he goes from mathematics to physics to chemistry 
and then he goes to biology and then life and then he goes to history and then he goes to information technology it's a fascinating hierarchy he does in a few pages but right yeah, at the bottom is mathematics yeah i agree with you and, and and funny enough is that the beautiful part of cyber is that while you use technology and and can call it backed by mathematics or ones and zeros that's not my area of expertise the flow of that information towards uh, the area of what people think not necessarily what people know the area of imagination mm. the area of uh, of people recreating realities according to their own needs uh, the social engineering is a tremendous example of that to me is what is so fascinating and what gave me the bug in the cyber world so it's the ram not the rom it's the vulnerability in the active memory not necessarily the knowledge gaps yeah i like the way you position it yes <laughs> so we uh, we don't have that much time left we've got a few minutes i've got a couple of questions for you the first one is um what advice do you have for people that might be coming into cyber in today's world i mean you, you and i are, are old dogs in the cyber security world and i i lament that we don't have enough people in cyber i, I think we could do better as an industry to be more inclusive and it's a fantastic career but anyone who might be listening who is at the early part of their career or somebody who might be struggling with determining if they're going all in or not do you have anything to recommend or to say to them i do i do and i'll start with the first in mind is ensure that you really enjoy it so uh, read around look around uh, cyber is such a big world today that you can find yourself more on the analytical side or more on the technical side see which area you are more gravitating towards and enjoy it and obviously i'm not even referring to technical versus management so i'm just referring to the, the professionalism within uh, within cyber and if you cannot if you can have motivation on your side you're going to be tremendously successful because the world is changing so quickly if you apply your motivation to read more to be naturally curious about about the world of cyber and the reflection of business in terms of cyber uh, that will give a great ad- advantage and and the last point and uh, i will say just like my dad always told me and probably i will say to my children start with the basics get the basics right becoming an ocp or or sism or, or any of those certifications mean nothing if you don't really understand the basics of cybersecurity because that world of reality or perceived reality and and technical uh, digital tools have a strong correlation or relationship between them you need to understand both in order to ensure that you are defending the right things and you're protecting the right things so that would be my tip to the people and my final question which hopefully you can have some fun with and i did warn you a little bit ahead of time in in this conversation is uh, imagine people listening who may or may not be comic book people and by that i mean people that are steeped in in the art or they might actually be somebody who's never picked one up do you have a recommendation for that for someone what would you say to a general cyber person you bump into someone you hit it off at a show or one of the dinners like we had and, <laughs> and they go so you like comics what should i read you know i've got a long plane ride i can download a digital copy or maybe i could buy from from the equivalent of your old online store in a shop somewhere what would you say to that person I would say since my, I know I'm generalizing, so forgive me everybody else that, uh, that I'm wrong, but uh, I see a lot of us love uh, heavy metal, some really noisy music, enjoy, uh, so that's the way we are very comfortable with ourselves, enjoy computer uh, engagement. Mm-hmm. I would go and 
and look at, uh, in order to get the bug for, for uh, comic books, I will start with the classics. I will start with the likes of uh, 300 of Frank Miller. I will start with Sin City. I will start with the Watchmen. They're quite violent, which, you know, sometimes in cyber, we really want to punch someone in the face and it doesn't really happen. So uh, we are, we are really, we're <laughs> so really controlling ourselves. Yeah, it is. I would start with those, and and I will leave. I will leave the Marvel and DC to the movies. Yeah, I I have read all of those, so I'll have to follow up with you and see if there's another one I can pick up. I I've discovered that you can get a lot of these on Kindle. I had Sin City in physical form, and of course, uh, Watch uh, Watchmen. But uh, three hundred, I think I think I downloaded that one. So you can get most of these online. There's apps from all the major vendors, and even even Amazon, and people can distribute them. So. So, Guy, with that, I just want to say thank you for coming and talking to us. Hopefully, everyone out there uh, found something that they were interested in from a comic perspective, and uh, I really appreciate you being on the show. Thank you for inviting me again. I really enjoyed it, So, uh, and I hope everybody else will enjoy our conversation. <laughs>